Welcome to the I Love Music Podcast. My name is Jen Fedor. I started the I Love Music Podcast to inspire people who love music, encourage people who work within the industry, and to hear each person's unique story. For this episode, I got to interview longtime friends and collaborators Brian Elmquist and Justin Glasgow. After touring the world together for so many years, they created a new project called Joy Club. In October, they released their first EP called Just a Dream, and coming up in January, they will release more new music. This was such a fun and introspective interview talking about the new EP, Life on the Road with the Lone Bellow, to their first time on Letterman, and so many great songwriting and producing tips. For all the latest, visit joyclubband.com. Let's get into Brian and Justin's interview. All right. Well, congrats, guys, on the new Joy Club EP, Just a Dream. It's, it's fantastic. Thank you so much. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, it's so good. How did you two meet and start collaborating together? I guess we met in 2003, and I, I, had, I had connected with an engineer that was working with Brian's band at the time, and they were looking for a drummer because a series of things happened and that drummer didn't work out, and there was like a show coming up like pretty soon after... Or maybe I saw you guys play like one gig with the old drummer. I can't. Re- it, it's been so long. I can't. I can't exactly remember. <laughs> We're not but, supposed um, to remember that many details. <laughs> <laughs> but it's been a uh, yeah. So we we were uh, Brian and I were in a band uh, in Nashville called Westover um, for a handful of years, and uh, you know had a lot of fun when we were young and dumb, uh, dumber. We worked at a restaurant together at Bosco's in Nashville. Brian Brian got me one of my first jobs after uh, after moving to Nashville, so yeah, that was good. You look so good in that. You look so good in that a hostess uniform. Thanks, buddy. Yeah, yeah. Before before you got fired, um, yeah, and then I had to quit. So it was uh, the manager cried yeah. when he fired me, though. I know. It's <laughs> amazing. Um, he gave me the job so I could. Um, because he knew I was drinking for free, so he said, I might as well make you work for me. So. Yeah, yeah. Could've, could've reason is any to hire somebody Gotta make, gotta, gotta be girlfriends with the bartenders. <laughs> um, the, uh, yeah, we, so we, uh, we ended up making a bunch of music over the years and, and did some, some solo projects for Brian, did a couple of those. And I moved to L.A. right around the same time Brian moved to, to New York. Um, okay. But, you know, we just stayed friends. And there was a lot of kind of back and forth. And I was in New York a lot. And he came out to L.A. to, to do some music. So we just kind of have maintained this kind of creative uh, relationship over over that period of time. And it's been We've been making music together almost as long as we were alive before we met, before we met. <laughs> that is, that is, that is almost true. That's a happy statement. And, uh, man, time's going by. Yep. Yep. It's pretty wild. So. That's so cool. What, how did the songs for Joy Club come together for this EP? We were, um, Justin, um, played in my band Lone Bello for a while and, uh, we toured a little, all over the place mm-hmm. in many countries <laughs> but um right after we finished the the third record walking a storm we did the record with dave cobb and it was really live and um 
It's a great, it's a beautiful record, but we didn't get tinker as much as we wanted to, and uh, there was just a lot going on in my mind because I had just got sober, and so basically I um, was uh, basically begging uh, Justin to let me get in his uh, studio that he was right, I don't know, walking distance from my house. Yeah. And uh, the first day, he had the the beat of uh, going under, and I had a country song that was a country song, and I just changed the melody. We walked away in a couple hours with that song in its infant stage, and uh, we were we were like, "Wow, we should do this some more." And um, that's just kind of how it started. It didn't have like a a brand or a certain idea. Just trying to get like some things out of the head. Man, it was a very a very uh, prolific time for me, to say the least. Yeah, it was it was cool, and I, there was a lot of like ideas we had kind of started while we were living in brian lived in brooklyn for a long time i I was there for almost like just about a year and in that time we we were doing a lot of writing too so there was like a lot of these ideas that weren't necessarily right for the lone bellow as a they were just very specific to kind of where he and i were at with what we wanted to do uh, creatively that didn't really it just wasn't they weren't really the right fit for the band but they deserved to find their own space so i think we used this a project this project initially to like make sure that those those ideas had had legs and we were writing a lot of music for we were writing for like for country pitches and some for sync stuff you know kind of all around that time so we we're doing a lot of different things this collection of songs and the collection of songs that's coming up are are kind of, rep- I guess, representative of, of the stuff that, that came out of that time that we really, I don't know, just connected to together, you know? It's a, I think it's a good, it's a good place to have your mind to always be creating um, and not always editing. Um, yeah. And this was one of those those things that kind of happened naturally. Yeah, it's it was really cool. I really like the lyric videos with like the artwork and how did that come together? for going under in true redemption. The Lone Bellow is through our management over at Red Light and our kind people over there. Joy Clubs basically they're just they're just running that for us and um, I'm really thankful. Nice. But it's just some young young guns over there trying to make cool stuff and that's what they've done. I really love it. It's a uh, it's it's not the kind of stuff I would think of which is kind of fun. So, I really I really like where their heads at on all of it, honestly, all the artwork and everything. So, I'm I'm letting them just be free. It's it's a fun process. And our friend Chris Pereira took the uh the photo that's that's on the cover for the yeah. artwork. Nice. Yeah, that I mean that and and he's he's amazing. He was he was on the the band's management team and tour managed and he was uh he was he was my roommate in Brooklyn when I lived out there. He he has an opinion for anything you need an opinion on. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And I love him. <laughs> he's right. He's right a lot of the time too. I'd he's say right. that he's right. He's like he's right 60%, 70% of the time, which is actually a pretty if you were if you were playing baseball, you'd be yeah. in the you'd be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he's 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 a he's a good guy. Just super super creative. He makes these amazing playlists. We've we've featured one of the playlists that he made on the uh, on the Joy Club Spotify page, um, and it's just it's it's awesome. He's he's an amazing guy. Yeah, he's so the best. We love him. We do. He he made a dance video on his uh, on his Instagram when the election news came out. So that was that was a highlight for me. It's, it's always good to see Chris dance. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just so excited about Biden winning. I mean, the news over the weekend yeah. is just like... Oh is that what goodness. happened? <laughs> <laughs> I mean... <Yeah. laughs> I was wondering why everybody was so happy. I was walking around mm-hmm. and the... 
the the sun was was brighter and the the colors were more beautiful. <laughs> I don't know what happened. Yeah, it was wild seeing seeing Brooklyn, seeing just people in the streets in Brooklyn. You know, I mean, we we had that here in LA, but it's different when you see it in New York. Man, I missed it. Celebrate it. Yeah, I missed it because I I mean. I was there when we voted for Obama in, and it was the biggest party I've ever been a part of. Just everybody in the streets. It was so beautiful. And um, yeah, I miss New York so much for those reasons. I mean, they know how to celebrate. And uh, so I guess that was what's going on. I, I just I just realized it's just the weight that was lifted off the whole planet. I, seriously, <laughs> the, so much stress and anxiety was just lifted on Saturday. Oh my goodness! <laughs> wild, so wild. <laughs> I was out in Joshua Tree, and I kind of wish I was back in Echo Park, like dancing in the streets with everyone. But I, I, I had a really good time out in Joshua Tree. But it was still like I was like, ah, oh, the FOMO. Yeah, I can't. I still have this like feeling like. You know, like there's 20 minutes left in a horror movie, and um, we killed the guy. We, we killed we killed yeah. the guy too soon. Um, right. I think we're gonna right. be all right. 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 Yeah. Stall. Stall. Co- collectively move on. Yeah, and hopefully all this, you know, we can get this. We can get we can get COVID under control in 2021, and then Joy Club can play some shows again too. Oh man. I mean, we can all play some shows oh, again. I, like not not just us. Yeah. I mean, that's man. That's, I'm gonna be kissing people like French people all the time. <laughs> I can't wait. I'm, I'm bringing it. I'm bringing it back. I'm going way um, back. Bring, oh yeah, you're bringing it back. All right, way back. Yeah. Oh man, I'm I'm such a I'm such a like a I don't know. I need people so much in my life, and I find that out every day more and more. And just being um trying to be safe and all that has it puts a toll on people. Um, I've actually just found, you know, we've all found people that are like, are you doing it like this? Are we doing it like this? Okay, cool. We can hang out, you know, because it's just like, it's such a, such a hard time. And I think honestly, like maybe, maybe in the next little bit, if we can get it under control, like people can, I think, you know, one of the big things I see is like, I think people are just lonely. So I just, um, I try to reach out in that way to as many people as I can, because I, you know, it's, it's easier to believe like things that aren't true or, or that not believe the whole truth or whatever when you're when you're lonely and you're you're at home <laughs> especially when you have just all you have is a computer or an instagram account you know what i mean yeah. yeah we need we need each other people need to be around each other it's so true i mean i'm very much a very social being and people person and love connecting with people and being around people and <laughs> it's i mean it's been hard for me but i'm i'm grateful for the small group of people that I feel are, you know, following the same rules as I am and taking it seriously. Those moments now just totally. mean so much more. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So what music influenced you both growing up? Brian, you want to take this one? You you've got you've got you've always got a good uh I got I got so many. <laughs> I, my grandmother used to sing harmony in this weird Pentecostal church I grew up grew up in and I hear this these harmonies and this weird music in my head anytime I'm making music it's a weird thing um there's nothing to describe it so I'm sorry (laughs) but uh that was a huge influence growing up in church and singing I know you can say anything from Bill Withers to Willie Nelson to you know Seal (laughs) right I'm um I it's a broad 
broad thing for me. I picked up the guitar after I saw Slash play the November November Rain lead on the video, and I'm a child of MTV, and it changed my life. You like, st- you still have yet to play a guitar solo standing on top of a piano, though. I'm working on that. I don't Which I don't think I don't think that's a Lombello thing, though. It might have to be a that might have to be a Joy Club thing. We're into that. We're into that. I'm, I am into that, and that might be a Joy Club thing. But yeah. uh, no, man, I I'm, I'm a child of MTV, child of that, and I and I embrace it thoroughly. But I mean, I feel like music back then, you could, it was just more open and free. Like there wasn't so many labels on it, so everybody right. everybody just made music and created, and it was wild. It was a wild time. The '80s was a wild time. Yeah, I kind of grew up in the same, in a similar uh, fashion. My my whole family's on my dad's side's real involved in in southern gospel music, like quartet music, harmony singing was huge, and and all of that. Nobody really played instruments in my family, but. Uh, I just, I guess that was kind of the first exposure for me, like real young when I was, you know, when I was, I got my drum set, my first drum set when I was six. So that was, nice. oh my it was gosh, kind that of, yeah, great. it kind of took a lot of the other like life options off the table. I was just obsessed with it, you know, no football, no, well, yeah, I didn't have the size for that. <laughs> um, but yeah, but I was really into sports. I was really into baseball and all that stuff. And once I got into high school, I had a I had a really great band teacher named John Michael O. Was a drummer and he played with some bands and he went to Berkeley College of Music and he was like, you know, you can you can do music for a living. Like you should check out this school. Ended up getting a scholarship and going there and um, and then I worked at a music store all through high school. So you know, on top of like growing up with all this gospel music in high school, I got exposed to all this like pop music and and all this like hardcore music and ska music and all this different stuff that I didn't even know existed. And like you know, some of them had these phases and and uh, but had influences from like other soul influences and kind of world music influences. So. I don't know. Like it was, it. I didn't realize what a what a melting pot musically it was that I grew up around until kind of later when I started really appreciating those things more. Yeah. And then I think Brian and I really probably connected over probably Patty Griffin Flaming Red, oh, Patty yeah. Griffin's Flaming Red record. I think Brian and I wore that out. I remember driving to shows in Atlanta and us just having that record and living with ghosts on repeat for hours in the van this van barely running trying to get over <laughs> you know through chattanooga and you know over the mountain there like just, we never we never just, got insurance for that van no i know <laughs> we, we just we just kept the trailer on it so they couldn't see the see the that there wasn't a license plate <laughs> that stuff is crazy i don't know how we survived we did I'm it i'm glad i'm glad we're here we did a, we did a good job surviving do you guys have any fun tour stories together or or moments that like stand out? My favorite, it, like the first thing that came to my mind was one time we were with Hugh Masterson and back then it was The Hustle and we were in California up in the Redwoods somewhere, right? Oh yeah, and, man. Uh, and we threw this, Lone Bell threw this big party for everybody in this um in this cabin we had Airbnb'd and everybody everybody had basically gone to sleep. All the booze was gone. So much booze. And me and me and Justin found a bottle of white wine. And uh, we grabbed the the pillow cushions off the couch and just sat by the fire. And um, we were there talking and we had like, a little glass of white wine and like and then all of a sudden we just realized that the pillow cushion cushions were like 
leopard print. Yeah. And we were just talking about our feelings, and it was so hilarious. I mean, I can still <laughs> see it. It's so funny. We were the last men standing and just like yeah. talking. I don't know. It doesn't even matter what we were talking about. It's so funny. I don't even. I don't. It was so nuts. And uh, and then we called it pillow talk, and that became pillow a talk. thing. Yeah. Yep. That became a thing on tour. <laughs> the uh, awesome. that was yeah. I think that might have been like my fourth third or fourth show with the Lombello and Oh and, that's right. That and was that, the first it was, tour. That was it, yeah. And it was like literally the next probably the day after that or the next day was like people started joking around like if you're not careful you're gonna end up moving to New York and joining a band and you know, next thing you know, you know, four months later I'm I'm moving, you know, in a in a big moving truck across the country. So <laughs> that's wild. It's funny how those things all kind of lead to each other. But yeah, we did that was a really fun like the first run. We ended up played Harley Strictly Bluegrass on that run. Um and got to see some of our heroes. I think Dwight played at that festival and uh maybe Jeff Tweedy. Yeah man. We saw some really amazing people, and then we played at the Fillmore, Fillmore yeah. and then uh, and then we played at a Mexican restaurant. <laughs> that was back then. It was like the only people who knew us in the cities were kind of still the same way, but you know, and when we played, we play like the little towns, and you know, it'd be in a Mexican restaurant, and then we play the Fillmore in San Francisco, which is such a a mountain and valley. Epic, yeah. And I think that yeah. show, the guy was like trashed. He was drunk when he showed up or something. Yeah, he was wasted and, and he started cutting the strings out of the piano because he didn't want us to use it. <laughs> he got a wire cutter and started cutting wow. strings. So so he couldn't use it during the set. Yeah, it was yeah. crazy. T- but it was that I, it really did like prepare me for like, oh, it's not all like there's there are weird everybody has weird nights. We all have weird gigs. We all these jobs are just like any other job in that every day, day to day, you can have good days, you can have bad days for, for a variety of reasons, you know? Sometimes there's a thousand people there screaming and so excited for you to, you know, do your thing. And sometimes there's 15 people there and the sound guy's wasted and, you know, cut strings out of the piano. So it's... Uh, I mean, Eddie Vedder I, said, I think he said, if you can if you can get a couple hundred, four hundred people in one of those small towns, like you're, you've made it. That's it. Right. That was his thing, you know. Right, um, right, right. But uh, yeah, yeah. Don, Don Quixote's Don Quixote is the it name of that. Don Quixote's. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> shout, shout out Don Quixote. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. So Amazing. random. But we had some we had some really fun shows. I mean, the I think the first gig that I did after moving to Brooklyn, we we played on Letterman, and it was like two months before his final broadcast so oh and it was in the middle of a blizzard it was just this whole like surreal experience my girlfriend came up from philly my mom came in from michigan they were so excited like and then there was this storm that shut down the whole city it was it was a it was a we have a there's just a lot of those kinds of moments and just every once in a while they kind of like jump into my mind is like you know a little over three years of us playing and traveling around together like there were so many of those things that happened. It's pretty wild. What was it like playing on Letterman? Because I love, <laughs> I love Jay Letterman. So. It was so good. I, I actually have a funny story. We played our set and we played our song. And Brian, so we did sound check and we were there all day. And Brian had this homemade pedal board that he had just, it was like a piece of wood that he just kind of like cobbled together. Were you still on the wood pedal board at that time? I think that was the deal. I was holding out because I liked. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't like all the, all the fancy pedal stuff you guys like. <laughs> so 
we you know we did sound check everything's felt great and uh and then you know right before the sh- right before you play they they go to a commercial break and the audience is there and and Paul Schaefer and the band are playing and and uh they start bringing our gear back out on stage and one of the stagehands dropped Brian's pedal board and I'm sitting behind the drum set and all of a sudden Brian turns around and looks at me and our tour manager looks at me and it's like there's no sound coming out of the pedal board like the pedal board's broken oh no so I run and like scatter up to the front and then I can see this like the stage manager cueing Paul to like keep the band vamping and keep going and so Brian and I are like frantically like pulling patch cables and trying to figure out what the you know what the combination of broken things are and we finally figured it out it starts making sound and I run back behind the drums and literally two seconds later we count the song off. Oh my so gosh. what you saw on it was TV very very nerve-wracking <laughs> it was brutal and I got but, a pe- I got a pedal board after that yeah oh yeah that was like the next day yeah. um but <laughs> oh uh gosh. I missed that wooden pedal board though what's what's really what's really funny is uh after the set Letterman has a whole thing with drummers like he he's a drummer so he he always has this thing where he's like oh there's your drums like and I was like oh am I, am I gonna get my moment is he going to like look back and like, you know, say something about my drum set? And he didn't because we had too many people on stage. We had horns and strings and there was just like there was no room. But I look off stage and I can see like where I'm standing behind the drum set. I look to my right and there's a little scrim, like a little curtain. And he's standing just out of audience sight with his arms folded and just kind of staring at my drum set, looking it over, checking it out. And he looks at me and he just gives me the thumbs up and then he smiles and walks out the door. Oh and it gosh. was like the best I could like that. If that's, if that was it, they were like, well, you have to retire now. Uh, that was it. I, all I needed was that like seal of approval, oh even though, even though no one else saw it, it was just me and Dave, you know? So it was, uh, it, that was pretty great. That was, really that fun. was not fun for me, but <laughs> it's also th- the smallest green room. And we had like a 12 piece band, you know? So it's so many people. It was so dumb. It was awesome. That was fun. Yeah, it sounded great. And everything worked. <laughs> everything worked out. Seconds, everything. yeah, seconds before. Totally. It's literally, <laughs> literally my life in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's, that was it's it awesome. was a that was a nice nice welcome to New York moment. You know, so I feel like New York has a way of teaching you those lessons. Oh yeah, so that was it for me. What is your guys's like songwriting process like? It's different per song. It's also different now uh, because Brian and I live in different cities. So I'm here in LA and he's in he's in Nashville. So sometimes it starts with like a small idea that one of us brings to the table, and then we we it used to be like we we'd work on lyrics together or, or set up writing session days in New York when we were home from tour because we were always wanting to be creating you know this whole process is about like continuing to create there's when you I can't really stop when I'm when I was touring I like when I was home I was always making stuff and producing or writing or doing whatever just trying to stay active and I think this has changed now more that like I'm I'm working on some instrumental music and I'll send that to Brian and he'll come up with some melody ideas and send that back to me and and so we're it's we're we're trying to figure that out what that looks like for kind of the next round of of songs but the initial ones like even there's a couple songs Brian would would start with other you know with another co-writer and it would come out of like just a writing session it didn't even start as 
like a joy club specific yeah. or me and Brian specific thing. It was just like, Hey, we really, you know, Brian really believed in the song and played it for me. And we, we were both like, Oh, this totally fits. And it's not a lone bellow song. You know, it, it needs to uh, see the light of day. So I don't know. What would you, what would you say about that, Brian? I know that's. Yeah, I think it's, it's a patchwork, but it's just like, I, I just love this whole, and I'm so thankful that it's out in the world because it's just a place to put the stuff that might be a little weird for other things I do. And I love maybe bringing an idea here and there. And But it was always a patchwork. Like it was like, oh, me and Justin, the first song we did was like he had a beat and we did it right there. And then I wrote this uh, incredible song with um, Jeremy Latito um, mm-hmm. here in Nashville. And um, it's going to be on the next EP that's coming out in January and uh, Ruby Amanfu is going to sing one of the verses. I really loved what it said and um, and Justin's open-minded to bring that to the table. So that happened that way and right now he's sending me these these sick little instrumentals that I, I mean I wrote in the last in about the last 24 hours I wrote the, um, some lyrics for those and um, I kind of in my head I'm like okay let's finish this next EP because there's a lot that's going to come and we're just in a time that's creative at least for me I mean I go through seasons and I give myself a break when it's when I know that I'm empty but right now I'm I don't know I'm, I'm on a I'm, I'm on some kind of thing so I just want to like get in there and, and do a lot. And I'm writing with a lot of people right now and producing some stuff too. So it's just a, it's just a really, um, another one of those times where it's just prolific and you're getting a lot of things out and a lot of things you want to say. But yeah, I sent him something the other night that I was just pumped about. I can't even remember what it was about, but I took a gummy and I was like, onto the races. <laughs> Cause I put it in my ear and played on repeat. And it was just, I was just, I actually was watching Bachelorette and I was sitting right next to her. And that was ha- like, we had Classic. gone past the, where we had to watch to make sure the election was over. And she had gone back to watching the Bachelorette and just, just doing what she does. And I was, I had headphones on and I was just took a gummy and just like, I'm gonna write this song. And, gotten such a fun headspace but um i love like that's the thing justin justin's always tinkering and um he'll send those little tinkers to me and uh, most of the time it's the you know it's these sounds that he hears that i that i I feel like that was in me already it's kind of like like a double whammy because he's kind of hearing things that i hear and he just kind of gets it out somehow and then um and then we can write words to it but like the lightning bolt is where it needs to be and it usually starts with justin coming up something pretty pretty spectacular so it's a, it makes my job really easy i'm kind of like all right i got words you know plenty of words have been written yeah. but um i'm really pumped about it i kind of see like a very a very productive time coming um once we wrap all wrap this little thing up um, we got coming out in january we got another five at least five maybe six i don't know if we're gonna sneak that <laughs> other one on yeah yeah man it's just a place for me at least where i can like just maybe just be be myself and I love my band Lone Bella. I love everything I work on, but this is kind of like something that just doesn't have the, maybe the people we have to go through or like the different, it's just kind of like free flowing, kind of free form. Let's don't edit this too much. I love that. I just, I just, I remember some of my favorite artists that would like just kept putting stuff out and they didn't, they didn't hold themselves back. They were just creating and, and I just want to, I'd always want to be in that space, you know? And this is also a cool like opportunity to feature some other artists too. So we haven't we haven't quite gotten there yet. Yeah. Just cuz it's so it's it, you know the project's not new. Brian and I working together is not new, but the music being 
out in the world is new. We found ourselves in a place this summer. It was like, you know, like we've got all this st- this material and we've got this window where people need we need we need to be creative continuing to put things out but also we saw that like people are still looking to discover new things and be inspired by art and that's been one of the good things about having access to social media and and to being able to with you know totally indie release like be able to put music out in the you know the way that we want to put it out and let people find it, you know, hopefully do do yeah. everything we can do uh, to to promote it. But like, let people make it their own. And and, and we're hoping that the, the, the project really does develop into something that is truly collaborative with with other artists and, you know, in, in, in different uh, mediums too, like uh, visual arts and, and um, you know, all of that. So it's it would be that's that's kind of our mutual goal and uh, you know in broad I mean, strokes for the thing we really were just trying to create a, cl- a joy club we really right. were i mean <laughs> just, we yeah. want to hang out with our friends and make right. things and not really have our hands open and not clenched and keep keep yeah. it open um there's going to be a lot more collaboration on the second and then moving on for real i i i want i don't have to sing it you know i just want like I just want to have a place where people can just like make stuff and maybe they don't have the same parameters they have to release on other things, you know? Yeah, I think there's some inspiration from like, for me at least, and I, I, Brian will probably agree with this because he, he's friends with Aaron, but like what Big Red Machine is doing with Justin Vernon and, and Aaron Desner, like, you know, they, they, they're doing amazing stuff. It's, it's always different. It's always it's never like oh that's obviously a big red machine thing but it it fits it's not the national it's not bonnie bear like it works i i mean i don't know brian if you heard um that amy mann cover that they just put out this incredible video and it's, it's so and good. it's aaron singing yeah yeah i saw that yeah his voice is so cool it's like so great i was it's, like i it's so love good. it love it so yeah. i mean that's i would say like as far as a modern inspiration like that's that was super inspiring for me to see that and and know what you know those guys are always working on stuff and everybody kind of has their projects and and um you're just trying to like keep up with the the flow of creativity you know they they they're just inspiring in general they just how they live their life and they're always passing voice memos off and like you know justin vernon might take something and nobody's holding it so close or something like i took one for the last record with lone bellow that um I think Justin Vernon would like to, but I, but Aaron liked the song I wrote to it. I love those. I love those guys. Um, it's just they're just they just know what they've been created for, and yeah. um, and they just they operate in it, and they also try to bring as much love to the world as they can. I mean, they they I think they see it as a calling as much as anything else, which I do too. I mean, um, right? Like if 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 I wouldn't put anything in the world, I was put here to like bring joy. So I love those guys, man. They're they're so close to my heart. Yeah. I ask this to all my guests. Why do you love music? <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> uh, you, Brian, you want to start with this one? Man, it's everything, dude. I mean, I sometimes I have a problem with even writing words to music because it's so it's so in our DNA. It's so guttural. It's so in our blood and everything. We don't have to talk. We don't have to like argue. It's so many ways that people can hear a beat and hear something, hear a sound, hear a mandolin, hear this. It's just been in their, it's been in their bones since we were, since we 
like had our first real thought you know what i mean before there was language before there was anything there was music and and it drives us and it connects us and yeah it's 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 just so much more than just us just trying to create our little thing it's it's more it's like music is it's everything to me it's it's um the way i like am able to process things you know it's we're all trying to tap in this connection and that's and that's what i love about music because like it just is. It's not like I have to make it anything. I just have to be a part of it and just jump in the river, you know? Right. I think it's it's been cool to be a part of, like, so many different projects over my career, too, like, and see how working in, you know, doing a bunch of work in country music and, like, country pop and doing a bunch of work in, in pop music, like, working with singer-songwriters, like, working with electronic musicians. Like, it's it's wild to see how it all affects people i mean it affects us all differently but but i think at the same time like to see so many different genres of music like be such a i don't know if i'm saying this right the right way but seeing people just respond to it and seeing the emotional um effects it has in real time i think i think when you play music play music live too it's that that for for us as artists like it's that instant gratification and that energy that you just like cannot recreate in any other way you know um just seeing people elated or seeing them just emotional to you know whatever words and and melodies you've you've put out into the world like that is that's it's it's an incredible incredible experience and to get to experience music from the creative side like as a fan is like i mean i don't know it's it's amazing i i really do miss it i i've i've been a studio rat full time for the last few years and and so on the occasion that i actually get to play music in front of people like it's such a such a rush and you for you forget that once you when you're focused on the the nitty-gritty of recording and and trying to release things and trying to write um so yeah that that first show back after after not being in front of people for a long time is is such a ride it's incredible yeah man i i'll tell you one thing too i was i was producing this country band down in um, muscle shoals last week or two weeks ago and the engineer looks over at me and he's like you ever think about just the motley group of people that we we hang, we associate ourselves with on a daily basis you know like just the 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 way people think and the way people let themselves create and stuff like that i i just i'm so thankful for it i mean every i mean i i love the people like that i get to like collaborate with because they let their heads go there and stuff like that i wouldn't have it any other way honestly it's a it's a it's a fun ride to to be on this side of it and also to keep yourself not jaded to enjoy it on the other side of it too you know like really keep an open mind and i mean there's so much beauty being created right now i heard somebody say that after the plague the renaissance happened i i i think there's going to be so much beauty coming out in the world and everybody that i know that's making music right now is making is so pumped and so inspired and um i just can't wait to see what the next couple years um, looks like in, in art and music and all of it. Um, yeah. I think it's going to be a beautiful time, you know? I agree. I think there is definitely going to be a renaissance coming. Brian, like going back to the beginning of the year and then seeing seeing you guys, the lone bellow at the Troubadour, those two nights. <laughs> uh, I just think about that. I'm like, 
man, those are some of like the last shows I saw before, you know, like all this hit. So you remember like everybody was on stage and yeah, well, nuts. I mean, I'm, I'm the dancing man documentary I'm working on. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I, I think you guys are going to be in yes. as long as <laughs> I think from the first night when Howard was called down from the balcony. So, oh yeah. As of right now, it's in the cut. <laughs> that's right. You don't have to worry about it. We don't have many people to, um, that we have to give us we don't have we're basically the clearance honestly yeah that was a really special moment in the movie too so yeah i love that (laughs) when it comes out next year i can't wait yeah um it's been a crazy year man i mean i guess it's a little bit to say i sorry mom but uh i think everybody's trying to find their place in all of it but yeah to start the year off like in a room full of people you know Mm mm-hmm and then a couple weeks later, we're home wondering if the, if we wonder what's happening, you know. Right. And then, yeah. But yeah, it's a. Uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. See what happens in the rest of twenty twenty one. Oh my god. I'm done. I'm done with twenty twenty. Honestly. <laughs> yeah. Although I'll say I to to be a, I've spent almost two years with my boys, and um, I'm I'm really lucky. I I can't even really say it. I actually feel bad of saying it out loud, but I don't know. I, I I can't. I don't know anybody can say they spent so much time with their children in the most formative times, and it's been difficult. But you know, for that, I am thankful. You know. Yeah. For people just starting out songwriting or producing, do you have any tips or words of advice for them? Man, I'd say you want to go first, Justin. Yeah, I would say be prepared to make a a ton of really bad music and really fun mistakes and enjoy every step of the way. I mean, honestly, like I think, I think we all start out with so much pressure to find whatever our bar for success is like right out of the gate. And that can stifle creativity in such a way that is so counter productive and so not about what, art is about you know i think just being able to like make make something and whether you release it or not like just finish it you know make sure that it make sure that it's make sure that it's like okay this is this is a fully functional piece it's not my best work let's beat it let's do something else let's do something different because if you just have a bunch of these like half finished things kind of lying around that you never get around to finishing or putting out that ends up being a, a creative stopgap in a sense that like keeps you from from getting to the gold from getting to like the really really good material you know i know i went through a process recently in the last few years and where i learned uh ableton ableton live which is a, a digital audio workstation it's a recording system and it's a lot of like based in electronic music and sampling and I just like gave, it, it was like starting over in a sense that it, like it was it's such a different language than what I'm used to in Pro Tools that like I just gave myself like full reign to make terrible music and like but have a as long as I was having a blast doing it no one's ever gonna hear it but I learned so much through that process and it was so freeing because it it was because I didn't understand it and I was able to make like mistakes and find all these like happy accidents that then turned into these little like nuggets of inspiration that when I did really have more of a grasp on what I was doing was like oh I went back to this thing that now I wouldn't do because I kind of know too much about 
that process and how to create in that space. But I can still like pull from those those initial uh, inspiring moments. And um, I don't know, that's just for me, that's been a really fun, fun way to do it. I think, you know, and every songwriter is different, like people will toil over songs for months and like go back and forth. But honestly, my favorite songs have come super fast and have just shown themselves in a way. I think another thing is when if you're a songwriter and you're just getting into production, don't let don't let the process of making a really great track get in the way of making sure that your song is great. Because if you're just sitting there worried about the snare drum sound or, you know, or the low end in your your mix or like it doesn't sound good in the car or whatever it is you lose sight of the song and the song is more about the message and the, the lyrics and melody and, and the way that those things work together um, than it is about the kick drum. So those are just thoughts. I, I've seen that a lot where people just get so into the track thing and lose sight of the song. Um, and you, you do have to like figure out a way to personally stay accountable to that balance. You know, that's me. What about you, Brian? Yeah, I was, I was thinking when you were talking, yeah, it's like, it's like, some of some people say there's nothing new under the sun or something like that, <laughs> and um, like we need love, and uh, there's nothing new in writing either. It's like you you got to write mm. a good song, you got to be honest and you got to get it down. It doesn't matter what the drum sounds like. Yeah, man, I would say I mean if you're getting started, I'd find the scene, man. Find whoever's playing music and get around them. If there's not a scene, make one because yeah. people are looking for it. I mean, it's good to be around and and around a group of people and, and it shows with me and Justin around a group of people the formative years that you kind of like go with each other and build and it doesn't always last like this long or anything but you actually like learn so much totally. and um from other people and it's very important to have that around and people that are honest and aren't yes people that are just they'll say ah oh, this ain't good you need to be honest or um this you could do better this way and it's just good to have those kind of people around and and have the humility to listen i think um you gotta sing it and you gotta feel it yourself you gotta feel the lightning bolt you gotta feel the fire coming inside of you if it's not doing that to you it's not gonna do it um music isn't is it a formula everybody finds their way to do it to connect with people or we're trying to connect with people we're trying to write words that will you're lending somebody your pen because that they couldn't say those words as well as you you're actually you're actually helping them get those feelings out and and then they hear it and they make the song theirs and it becomes something there's so many times I've sat and wrote a song in like 30 minutes just like just wallowing in self-doubt but I didn't realize what I was creating and then somebody else is like you know they put play it at a wedding or a funeral or it really helped them here and there and it's their song it's not mine anymore but you're not gonna do that trying to like game the system the system's pretty easy. Like you have to find the way to get your truth out there, um, and once you find your way to do it, and then you can get better at that. But it took me a long time to trust. Um, I might have had a decent formula, but until I trusted it and believed in it, you know. Mm. And it can take you as long as it did me, or you can like learn it when you're 20 and and uh, and go be a Bieber. You know what I mean? I don't know, <laughs> but. <laughs> but I, I think I mean I believe in him. I like his music too. Like that's the thing. Like I think um, once you just find a way to communicate what's inside you, and um, and it's very important to keep it that simple because I mean there's plenty of people that can make some dope beats. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, and if you're not a lyricist, like, that's all right, you know? That's, like, figure out where you fit in. Like, figure out where you what your creative outlet is you know if what you do is sound design like then then learn more about that like if what you do is is produce vocals for people then like that is such a gift you know a big thing yeah so so i i think that there's so many people who kind of wait to narrow their focus in a way because they want to be in every part of music like I, I and yeah and i think that's amazing that there are opportunities like that but where you see people like really excel i think i don't know is is just like oh i'm an engineer and i'm a mixer and i do that really really well and i yeah. love the community around that and i love you know like i'm a bad example because i've done a bunch of different stuff like so i'm, I'm kind of speaking against what ended up working for me and I've I've made a lot of pivots in my career and moved around and and had a lot of different experiences but when I look at like my community and there's those people that have found something that they love I mean one of my mastering engineer buddies out here is one of the best bass players I know he's a, he's an unbelievable bass player and he just like in the last few years got super passionate about mastering and he's a great mastering engineer and I just I yeah. just talked to him the other day and in like through 2020 and being, you know, with COVID and everything like he he didn't he he didn't have to like fall back on mastering because he had already like committed to being passionate about it, you know, or or, or working yeah, towards I mean, something that he's passionate about. Yeah. So I know for me for many years, not taking a dip into songwriting, I got held back because like I was like, I'm not the best guitarist. I'm not the best like you know but like i always had melody ideas coming into my brain and like top line totally. stuff or someone played chords like and then finally i i got over that fear and was like oh like i do have a lot to totally. contribute to songs Absolutely. and stuff like that I mean, so one of our favorite songwriters in nashville um is a friend of brian's and i and, and mine um uh, named wyatt erp and that's really actually his name um yes. and he's an unbelievable songwriter great human doesn't play or sing at all like he really. just yeah. he just comes to the right with a dell computer <laughs> <laughs> with a with an old school pc laptop and like a leather bound suitcase and he's or a uh, 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 you know briefcase and he's he just like and his cowboy attitude unbelievable country songs like writes these amazing lyrics like super thoughtful and the way he combines the story and yeah. you know and the rhyme and all in the, the cadence of it all it's 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 awesome and it's such a breath of fresh air working with someone like that because he's not thinking about like the groove he's not thinking about this guitar riff thing that that's so cool okay. it's all about the story and that that perspective is awesome it's so cool so there's a place there's such a place for that you know so good yeah. <laughs> i love it um what's next uh, for you both <sighs> world conquer Right, it's about nap time for you, right? No, is no, that, no. Is that what's next? Oh, oh man. No? Okay. I, 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 I skipped nap time today. Okay. My kids make fun of me, but I do. I do take a nap. <laughs> I was, I was, I should have been a, a siesta guy. I should have been yeah, a, right. born in Spain. Born in Spain. Yeah. Well, I think for, for our, for our project, it's, we've got, we've got these other six songs that we're going to put out, five or six, um, in January, hopefully, and then, and then just kind of like chipping away at 
Um, we got a Christmas song too. We got a Christmas song. First heard here. It's going to wow. come out in a little bit, hopefully. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's yeah, that's happening. Um, and then we've we've both got our projects. Brian's writing with a ton of folks in Nashville um, for different you know various projects, and these are all. Some of them are even like friends of mine that Brian didn't Brian and I didn't even know that we had in common now like it's just funny how this how this music world like connects us um and it's it just gets smaller and smaller the more people you meet um in such a cool way and I've got I've got four four projects I'm producing um right now kind of simultaneously and juggling a bunch of that kind of stuff uh over the next couple of months and it's a it's a crazy uh it's a crazy time with covid having done so many records over zoom i've done six so far over zoom and jen you and i worked over zoom on a on a on a track for you which was so fun yes but uh it's been cool and and i think one thing that it's taught it's taught this time has taught me is just to take some deeper breaths and and allow yourself to slow the pace because i'm so used to working really efficiently and really quickly and and following the inspiration as soon as it happens and because everything is remote and everything is over zoom and it's a lot of times just me in the studio or me and just the artist we do it does like it's a it's this forced kind of governor of the whole motor you know it's like this this there's it's still a really creative time you just have to like pace yourself in a different way and and it's really forced me to like think on some of the processes um and how i'm doing things and look into some alternatives like what's what's awesome now is like it's opened up this opportunity for me to work with artists all over the world from my studio here in la like i have a meeting with an artist in london tomorrow i just finished an ep for a guy in uh, jersey city like we did all of his vocals in brooklyn at studio g and I, I engineered all of it remotely through Zoom and audio That's movers, amazing. you know, so like <laughs> it's crazy it's cra- it's a crazy time. Oh. And then and then for me to be able to like hire musicians from anywhere, literally, and still be yeah. able to do a tracking session because all of these musicians who typically would come to my studio and play or or, you know, go to different studios and track, they've they've all like really dialed in their their remote recording thing in a way that allows it to still be collaborative. They're not just like recording something and sending it to you and hoping hoping that you like it. Like I can still be part of the production of of those sessions yeah. too, which is cool. So I don't know. I'm excited about all that. That's awesome. Yeah, man, I, I'm I think we're gonna we're gonna wrap up this other one, but I really I wanna get to a place where Joy Club is I don't know, releasing stuff all the time. That's that's my goal on this because I, I love what we're doing and what we're going to do. There's a lot of stuff. I don't know if we're going to tour, you know, but um, if that doesn't happen, I'm sure we're going to, there's going to be a lot of records to be made and a lot of songs to be written. So I, 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 I always have the, the rose-colored glasses on, but it's worked for me so far. So. <laughs> totally. Well, guys, I'm so glad you could be on my podcast today. This was, this was awesome. Thank, Thank you, you so for much. having us, Jen. Thanks again to Brian and Justin for being on the show and to the Bang Ups for the theme music. This has been the I Love Music Podcast with Jen Fedor.